I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. You know, once a player is not on our team, I try not to talk too much about it then when they move on. But uh, we just thought we need to go a different direction. Just kind of leave it at that. Um, sometimes divorce is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Sometimes divorce is a good thing. That was Lovey Smith talking about Eno Benjamin. The irony is that I think there's probably Texan fans that maybe feel that way today with Lovey gone. <laughs> I do always. I think it's funny. Um, whenever we discuss coaching hot seats or anything, there are always people that act like uh, the appropriate thing to do is to to speak in a more respectful tone and to not not just don't be so casual with a man's career. And I don't. It's surprising to me because we're talking about people who are in a profession where the the turnover rate is damn near a hundred percent. Like they're firing people. Every week, literally every week, they're firing somebody. It's like it's like crying for the executioner, you know? Yeah. Like, oh boy, gosh, can't believe he got his head chopped off at the end. I mean, he he executed so many people, and yet at the end, he ends up getting his head chopped off. It's, awful, if, awful. If the executioner <laughs> lived in a five thousand square foot mansion and had uh, a severance of several million dollars, if he got fired from executing people, if the head actually lived for more than just a few seconds <laughs> after being decapitated, if okay. he was, uh, he could carry an executioner's head around and he'd live like a king yes except for the sexual stuff right uh, for the rest of his life just right. a, a bodiless head yeah. my thoughts exactly yes <laughs> hey hey bodiless guy what do you miss the most what do you think <laughs> oh a full belly on new year's eve it's what it's, what it's do you my, think it's my bits and pieces that's what i miss <laughs> um so cal mcnair put out a statement yesterday <laughs> For those wondering how this coaching search is going to go, um, it, it'll be Nick Casario and Cal McNair leading it. Because Nick Casario, for those wondering, did they fire the GM too? No. Nick put out a statement about Lovey Smith as well, thanking him for his service to the team. Nick Casario is the very first name mentioned in Cal McNair's statement. Cal did not say at the end, as Lovey likes to say, divorce is sometimes a good thing. He didn't put that in the statement. <sighs> Although that would have been funny if he did Sometime that. Sometimes divorce is a good thing. That would have been funny. if that, I will admit, that would have been funny if that was the end of the statement about firing Lovey Smith. I'm not going to lie. Um, so that's where we are. Lovey Smith fired as the head coach. Seth and I will continue to talk about that here through the 7 o'clock hour here on Sports Radio 610. The other big news with the Texans yesterday is that they, they won the game but lost the first overall pick in the draft as a result of beating the Colts in a most improbable fashion. As Seth pointed out earlier, according to ESPN's GameCast, when they were under center at 4th and 20, or probably in shotgun, at 4th and 20 with 58 seconds to go in the game, their chances of winning that game were a little under 3%, which sounds honestly sounds high. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not even, I'm, not even, I'm not even joking. Like a really 3% chance to win a game where Davis Mills is 4th and 20 at about midfield? Yeah, yeah, um, that's like some of those catch rates on ESPN where somebody makes yeah. an astounding catch and they're like, only a 20% chance of making that. Right, yeah. right. If you're a Texan... And, uh, for, uh, in baseball, I mean. Yep. If you're, uh, if, uh, yeah, on the fly balls to the outfield, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, so, if, if, look, if, you, if you're a Texan fan, you know now. They won that game 32-31. to 31. They scored a touchdown on that fourth and 20. Hail Mary style. Spoiler much? Yeah. Converted a, converted a two-point conversion. Yeah, sorry if you recorded the game and haven't watched it yet. Um after the game, Texan fans were really, really angry about falling from number one to number two in the draft. The Bears, by virtue of them getting blown out by the Vikings yesterday, moved up to the number one overall pick for the first time in 75 years. I had no idea that was the case. The Bears haven't picked first in the draft since, like, just after World War II. Um, so this was the yeah. biggest this this was the biggest fear that Texan fans had following the game, Seth. And I'm seeing it again. People are guessing it 100 correctly on the trailer wheel and frame text page, the biggest fear 
that people have after that game is the Colts, who sit at number four right now, moving up from four to one to draft Bryce Young and make Bryce Young the bane of your Texan existence for the next 15 years. (laughs) Um, Okay, and this is where where you are allowed to, encouraged to be – Damn well required to be an absolute expert about what's going to happen in the future. I'm not talking to you, Sean. I'm talking to everybody out there. Uh, feel free. It's it's kooky season, which is draft season, in which all of us are 100% fortune tellers about which quarterbacks will and will not be good. Chance the the chances are that none of the quarterbacks in this draft will be any good. That's just in any given year. You could say that. There's a very good chance that none of these guys are actually going to be good. Uh, in reality, though, probably one of them will be good. Maybe two. Every now and then you get three. So is the, are the Colts, who have had a hell of a – they've had a hell of a run over the past century plus a couple years of drafting quarterbacks, um, basically because they lucked into uh, – they sucked at the right time for Peyton Manning. They sucked at the right time for Andrew Luck. But then since then, they haven't done all that great trying to replace them. Uh, do you feel like because it's the Colts that – there's almost that it's almost fate or destiny that if they leapfrog the Texans, Bryce Young is going to end up being a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think it's a lot of it, and I think some yeah. of the feelings that it's the Colts are very acute to the Colts being the other team on the field yesterday against the Texans. Yeah. That it felt like one, it felt like just one big melange and reminder of how the Colts have been, to your point, so lucky with quarterbacks through their recent history, and two. How they have really, by and large, over the course of the Texans' existence, been the team that if you if you were to ask Texan fans what team has irked you and been the biggest nuisance to the Texans, it would be the Indianapolis Colts. Whether it's Peyton Manning dominating the Texans for their first decade of existence or some of the big wins that Andrew Luck was able to get over the team, including a postseason win at NRG Stadium, and then just the general lack of success in Indianapolis. I think that's a lot of it. Um, I... You know, if you're a Texan fan, I think it's fair like to wonder, okay, so what should we be rooting for now? We have the number two overall pick. That is set in stone. You have the number two overall pick, and you've got the 12th overall pick. So if you are fearful of the Bears trading out of that spot to somebody taking Bryce Young, yeah. what do you hope for here? And I think the main thing between now and the draft that you can hope for if that is indeed your fear, and I'm more along the lines of what you're saying, Seth, it's such an inexact science, and there are two quarterbacks that I think provide hope for a fan base, and if the Texans get one of those two, I think it'll be a fun training camp, and then we'll see where it goes from there. I think the biggest thing you can hope for, though, if you are a Bryce Young fan and you think that Nick Casario is inclined to take Bryce Young, would be for the Bears to fall in love with either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama, who's been talked about for two years now as a sort of generational <clears throat> edge-rushing prospect, and then Jalen Carter, who is just a, a monster. You'll get to, he'll be on display tonight in the national championship game, number 88 on Georgia. What you should hope for is the Bears fall in absolute, absolute love with one of those two to where they feel like, we need to stay here. We can't mess around picking up some extra picks for the chance that we might not get this guy. I don't know what the chances are of falling in love with a defensive player to that extent, and yeah. I don't know who the teams are that would be making offers to move up or if the Colts are even in that market, but that's that's what I would hope well, for. You know, and the other thing, too, I think people catch themselves without really thinking it through, saying things like, well, this team has so many needs, you can't take a quarterback. I understand that sentiment, but you got to remember the Texans have four first-round picks in the next two drafts. So I'm not – I don't – that doesn't mean that you can just kind of treat any one of those four picks like it's no big deal – but I think that I think that because we've been conditioned to do this over these last few years with the Texans, we're we're almost afraid to think that there's a possibility of a quick turnaround. When in reality, if you nail these picks, not even if you nail them, if you do what most teams do, which is get about half of them correct, and if just one of the two guys, either Derek Stingley or Kenyon Green, really develops, and Derek Stingley is likely going to have a better defensive coordinator next year. Thank I mean, that's what's what being lost in the shuffle here, is that Lovey Smith may have been fired as much for his misuse of Derek Stingley as for anything he did as a head coach. So um, there's that. So that's there's a, there's a chance that they could get a lot better very, very quickly if they play their cards right with the draft and then with the head coaching hire. I do think, Sean, 
that if the Texans were to hire a guy like Sean Payton, for whom they'd have to trade, and, and, and again, I don't want to treat these draft picks lightly, uh, Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh, do you think the fan base would be more patient with not selecting a quarterback this year? Yes. They would just kind of say, okay, well, Sean Payton knows what he's doing. Jim Harbaugh knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. And if they want to sit this one out, then I get it. And we'll just – versus, like, if Jonathan Gannon came in, the defensive coordinator for the for the Eagles, if he came in and said, no, I don't like any of these quarterbacks, I think people are going to be super skeptical. I do too. And wonder, like, what are we even doing here? Like, yeah. where, where's, where's the progress? Where's the growth? Yep. I, I think a hundred percent, and I think it's, and I think those are the two. I think it's pay, right now the guys that are bandied about as being part of this coaching cycle. Those are the only two yeah. that, that would that would that would in, that would um, that would engender that level of trust in the fan base if they weren't to settle on one of these quarterbacks. And I, I think the other thing I would say about the quarterbacks, and again, if you're just getting in your car this morning, Lovey Smith was fired late last night. We're going to get back to Lovey Smith in a second in this Texans head coaching opening. I Seth, I don't know if you're somebody who felt like they needed to have the first overall pick in the draft so they could draft Bryce Young. I, I think it's fair to wonder if Nick Casario would even draft Bryce Young. And here's yeah. here's something Albert Breer said in a piece on SI.com. It was sort of a mini roundtable. Breer and a couple other guys whose names I didn't recognize were answering questions about the upcoming offseason. And one of those questions was, if the Texans lock down the number one pick, who should be the selection in April? So this was obviously asked before the Texans beat the Colts yesterday. Breer said this. And keep in mind, Albert Breer pretty plugged into the New England network up there, which Casario is part of. Used to cover the Patriots, Breer did. He says this. Here's the thing. Size will matter to some teams, and I suspect it will matter to the Texans, with GM Nick Casario having been raised in a program, New England, that works off of prototypes. Bryce Young checks off about every box, but if you're talking about a quarterback six foot and under, try finding any that made it without running four, five, or faster in the 40-yard dash. Drew Brees is the only one, and that's without accounting for the fact that Young may only weigh 180 pounds. Yeah, and I yeah, – gosh, what? <laughs> it's going to be hard to get an accurate weight on Bryce Young, too, because you can, you can drink enough fluid to gain – Oh, gosh, I can't remember. I did it once. I was very uncomfortable. Um, you can gain over 10 pounds. Like, not easily. It's uncomfortable. But you can, you know, between the the fluid that's in your digestive system and that your body absorbs, if you just guzzle, guzzle, guzzle. Uh, now, if he got up at the combine and his his belly's all bloated like a beer belly. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my wish. And he's got to um, – I think that – the important thing about what Sean Payton said the other day when he was talking about that with Colin Coward was, yes, it, yep. was that there are exceptions. He actually pointed out former Texan and Aggie Aaron Glenn as an exception that Bill Parcells drafted, even though he didn't meet the size standards. But, and, and I think this is something a lot of people feel, like Drew Brees as a prospect, despite what he accomplished, if another guy came down the pike and he looked exactly like Drew Brees, and played exactly like Drew Brees, I don't think he goes in the top 15 just because it's so hard to project that timing, intelligence, obsessiveness, leadership ability. It's really, really hard to assess and project those things. So I think they look at him more like a, you know, a Case Keenum type or something, like with a better arm. But it's just, it's, it's not likely he would go in the top 15. So I think a lot of teams are going to look at Bryce Young and say, well, you know, if he'd actually gone – to a lesser football school, I might be willing to entertain it. But he went to Alabama, where, yes, Alabama's talent wasn't the same this year as it was in previous years, but he still had a lot of advantages that if I could have seen him, if I could have seen him play at Purdue, you know, at that size and athleticism, and he had done incredible things, I might feel better about him. That's a, a lot of teams are going to be like that, and that's going to that's going to hurt his trade value. You know, I don't that that's that might keep teams from trading up to number one overall, which teams rarely do for a quarterback. Yep. Um, the um, trailer wheel and frame text page. Uh, people are uh, they they're still very upset that the Texans went and won that game yesterday. And I understand it. 5488 on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Just looked it up, and the Texans were the only team with two fourth and ten conversions in the same game this year. And they did it on the same drive in the fourth quarter of week 18 to ensure they didn't get the number one pick. I do think part of that is playing into people's anger today, Seth. 
That it would be it would be one thing if they just walked over the Colts yesterday. Like if the Colts yeah. just didn't show up and the Texans yeah. win thirty four to seven, which is what it was looking like early on in that game. That would be one thing. The fact that the Texans were doing things in the final minute of that game that not only have they not done all year, yeah, every team in the NFL has not done all year <laughs> to win I, that it, game. Yeah, I mean it was absurd, and honestly. I, I think part of it, too, is that Davis Mills himself tried to single-handedly turn that game over to the opposition. In the third quarter. You know? Yeah. He's throwing that, <laughs> that interception is the, 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 the second one with a three-point lead for God knows what reason. He just threw right over the middle to, um, to a robber who was just sitting right there waiting to pounce on that thing. And it was absurd. Like, if, that, if anything, I would have said, you know what? Folk hero Davis Mills at that point. He he knew when to suck at all the right moments. And yet, no, he ends up being uh, – he's an antihero. Yes. That's what he is. He's, uh, he's that guy that, that does incredible things, but you still you, – you hate him and but still can't help but love him too. I was ready, to, I was ready to build that statue, man. That's at the end of the third quarter. I'm like, he somehow managed to find a way to shoehorn another interception into this third quarter on the very last play. I do, uh, I do appreciate how many people – um, are looking at themselves in the mirror this morning and honestly thinking that that they would have remembered Davis Mills as some kind of a hero for losing that game. Right. It wouldn't have been just some footnote in your brain or anything. It would have been like, oh, no, I love Davis Mills and what he did. It was incredible how he how he lost that game. Come on, everybody. Be honest with yourself. That's not, that's not the either-or here. It wasn't like, wow, Mills is either the enemy or he would have been lauded as a hero forever. You would have forgotten about him very, very quickly. You would have made jokes about his neck on social media uh, the way you still make jokes about the Rosencopter. That's right. And, uh, and that would have been the end of it. Yeah. All right. Um, 713-572-4610. That's a trailer wheel and frame text page. Uh, the Texans have a job opening again for the third January in a row. They are searching for a head coach. It happened much quicker this time than it did last time in firing their coach. What does that mean for the search that is coming up here for a new head coach? I think it means one big thing, and that we'll tell you what it is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Reaction Monday on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Reaction Monday. We're reacting to Texans' win over the Colts yesterday, and it's detrimental effect on their draft capital moving from number one overall to number two overall the big story we're reacting to and that everybody's reacting to here in Houston the Texans for the second time in two years have fired a coach after just one season and they will now embark on their third head coaching search in three years trying to find their next head coach um, they did it quickly this time. Last year, they they let the Cully thing sit out there for a few days. And I do think the Cully firing was a bit of a surprise just because I, I think the thought was Cully's just going to be a caretaker until they kind of get everything sort of cleaned up cap-wise, draft capital, Deshaun getting traded and so forth. And they fired him after one year. Um, they fired Lovey Smith after one year. This one happened last night. In fact, in, in Cal McNair's statement, 
He said this, Nick Casario and I spoke with Lovey Smith tonight, that's Sunday night, and informed him that we will be moving in a different direction as an organization. That tells me that they had this decision made, obviously before the Colts game, um, and, and maybe for even longer than that, just based on how this, just how horrible this team was in the middle part of the season. I do think, Seth, that them firing Lovey quickly is probably an indicator. That combined with the fact that this is a more desirable job on paper this time around with yeah. the draft capital, the salary cap space. Like, this is a bad team that is now designed to conventionally turn it around the way we've seen some other teams get back to respectability over the last couple of years. Like the Lions, who played last night on Sunday Night Football, they were playing, they had nothing to play for, and they went into Green Bay and got a win over the Packers. They finished above 500 on the year. The Jets, I think, did a good job. They won seven games with a horrible quarterback situation this year. The Jags are maybe the the premier example of that this year, having won the division in the AFC South and really playing their best football at the end of the year. I think with all of those things on paper, it's set up to be a good job. And I think this coaching search is going to look a whole lot more conventional than the last two. Yeah. Where the last two, you really even throughout the search felt like, all right, the Texans seem to be operating on a different plane and not in a good way than the other teams that are looking for coaches right I now. I mean, there were, I mean, yeah, some of the candidates, if we were to go through the candidates from last year, uh, there was a whole lot of, I've never heard of that guy, and why are you not talking to these other guys that uh, everybody's talking to? Uh, it's, um, and then there were oddities like Tony Dungy supposedly being part of the advisory board, uh, which was news to Tony Dungy. There were a lot of things. There was a search firm whose advice was seemingly ignored. Um, that was in the GM search. So, uh, yeah, there were a lot of weird things about it. I think that the circumstances are different. And honestly, this is, this is what I'll say. And uh, despite a narrative that somehow we talk about Jack Easterby all the time, Sean and I rarely talk about Jack Easterby because I know people are sick of it. Look, Jack Easterby, whether no matter where you are on the Jack Easterby truther spectrum, whether you think it was a whole bunch of uh, conspiracy nonsense or whether you think that Jack Easterby was the root of all problems, it's a 100% reality that the perception of Jack Easterby was not a positive one by a lot of people outside the organization. So it becomes yet one more thing that had to be explained to candidates. When candidates are saying, all right, what what the hell is the deal with this Jack Easterby guy? Why am I hearing all this stuff about him? And please convince me that it's not going to be an issue. You don't have that obstacle right now. So whether you think that was fair or unfair, perception is reality in situations like this. And the perception was that Jack Easterby was a uh, – was, was, uh, a conniver. He was a conniver, he was. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss character. So there's that. That's removed. You have all these extra draft picks. You, by the way, don't have a quarterback who's accused of two dozen counts of sexual misconduct. That's, that's kind of a big deal and was a big deal when the last two coaching hires were made. And nobody knew what Deshaun was actually going to be traded for if at all. So there's there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic now compared to when these last two coaching hires were made. Yeah, and I guess it comes down to, you know, you and I can sit here and say how much better it is, and it is, just on paper, it's a better job. I guess what it comes down to when it comes to getting good candidates is how good a job do Nick Casario and Cal McNair do on selling what you and I just said. Yeah. You know, in getting the candidates that they want. For example, um, Trailer Wheel and Frame text page, uh, 1281 uh, on the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. I think that fans would give D'Amico Ryans the same benefit of the doubt on not taking a QB that you guys talked about with Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, Aaron... Um, Aaron... Uh, Wilson. Wilson had apparently said that D'Amico has said he's not interested in the Texans' job. Um, I hadn't seen that yet, but that's what people are telling me. Okay. Did you see the actual article or tweet? No, I did oh, not. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. I did not. So uh, that's uh, – people tell me that, and yet they haven't forwarded it to me, so I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll search for that. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm curious about that. I don't know if, if that would be for any particular reason or maybe just that he – uh, doesn't want to be that guy that has the extra pressure of going back and and coaching at his alma mater, so to speak. 
Maybe he's watched Jeff Saturday and what he's gone through and thought, well, okay. people like me in Houston, and I'd like to keep it that way. We haven't talked about this yet. I'm glad you brought up Jeff Saturday. Dude, what a disaster. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what an absolute disaster. And look, the Colts, that, that's not a good team as constructed right now. They've got a lot of injuries. I think, I think they've got a – when they're healthy, I think it's a decent roster. There yeah. were two times – there were, well, three times, really, in that game yesterday where I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy is in way over his head. When they lined up for a field goal and Austin Deculus jumps off sides and the Colts go from having a field goal attempt from, like, the, the seven-yard line to having fourth and goal at the three, and Jeff Saturday changes his mind and goes for a touchdown, which is fine, but he had to call a timeout to do it. It Like, it dawned on him, like, two-thirds of the way through the play clock, like, oh, you know what? It's week 18. We suck. We have nothing to lose. Let's go for a touchdown. So he burns a timeout, which I thought was, I thought was, it was aggressive, but I even turned to Clint and Parker, who I was watching the game with, and I said, I don't like this decision. Sam Ellinger's your quarterback. Just take the three points, dude. Like you're, yeah. like he's down in those close quarters. I don't trust Sam Ellinger at all. And then at the end of both the half and the game, his clock management was abysmal. His use of timeouts was terrible. He let when you get down under like forty seconds and you've still got timeouts, especially under thirty seconds, dude, use them if the clock's running. It takes fifteen seconds to line up and run a play. Yeah, like yeah. You, if you got them, you have to use them, and then you figure out how to stop the clock after that on the subsequent plays. It's, um, <laughs> but that's what you get when you got a guy that, I mean, those are the mechanics that go on that there's a, there's a million different moving parts. It's like learning how to drive a, a 16 wheeler and uh, double clutching and all that stuff. It's not as same as hopping in a car and pressing the gas. Right. Um, so in Aaron Wilson's article on click last night, he said, former Texans linebacker, D'Amico Ryans, the San Francisco 49ers highly rated defense coordinator is not expected to pursue the job. According to sources, Ryan's once filed a lawsuit against the Texans in the NFL seeking damages and alleging issues with the field services design and construction after suffering a torn Achilles at NRG Stadium. Ryan's is expected to be picky as he pursues head coaching opportunities and isn't in a rush to leave the 49ers high caliber defense. I'm um I'll be honest with you there and uh you know what I I'd like to talk to some people about this. The lawsuit isn't necessarily as big an obstacle, I think, as it's sometimes pointed out to be. Um, but understandably, like, that's a highly individual thing, depending on how both parties feel about it. So uh, there's just, suffice it to say, between Aaron Wilson and then the lack of smoke otherwise about D'Amico and the Texans being interested in each other, it looks like that's not probable at this point. I guess, you know, the the, the part that's interesting to me, other than the lawsuit, the part that's interesting to me is the that – D'Amico might just stick with the 49ers for another year and pursue jobs at that time. I, I do think the thing about D'Amico that does not apply to many of these coaching candidates, D'Amico's made a lot of money. Yeah, he he yeah. doesn't, you know, a lot of these guys jump at these jobs because it's the first and maybe only five or six million dollar paycheck that they're ever going to see. And so they take the job and if it doesn't work out, then you get a golden parachute and you are going to get any coordinator job that you want in the league because you've been a head coach. Yeah. D'Amico doesn't need to do that. D'Amico played in the NFL for about, what, eight, nine, ten years? Would have been longer without the injuries. And he did get a second contract eventually. Dude, you know who does it? I mean, NFL coaches might be the absolute best at downplaying the money side of the profession. I mean, it's rarely really talked about or even thought of as, like, one of the big motivating factors for guys. More so, and I mean, college coaches, it ends, you know, like that. Harbaugh right now is very potentially just angling for more money. Uh, this is the way Saban has done at various times. But, um, I mean, yeah, these guys, like, they're, why do guys take bad jobs? Because it's a lot of money. Yes. But they don't post about it on social media or anything. Right. And they show up wearing sweatpants and with coffee stains on them. Dude. So they, they do a pretty good job of presenting, like, a monk-like image that doesn't care about money and material things. It's a lot of money. Okay. It's a lot of money. And D'Amico already has, presumably, a lot of money. 
which head coach would be most likely to start acting like Deshaun Watson on Instagram? Cliff Kingsbury. It, he has already. <laughs> you know, like, remember Cliff Kingsbury? Inside the his big, huge house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Belichick's sitting there on a folding card table with his, with his, his dog, dog next to him, looking like he's in this cramped little closet yep. of an office. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, funny. Belichick knows what he's doing. Yep. That's a dude who summers on uh, – in on. Nantucket, oh, Martha's Vineyard. Yes. Like yes. one of the wealthiest places on earth in the summer. But but somehow he's got the image of just this guy that he cares not about material things. That's building a brand. That's yeah, what building yeah. a brand is right there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. It's a reaction Monday. Lovey Smith fired. We're obviously going to talk about that in headlines. That'll be the talk here on the station throughout the rest of the day as well. I'm assuming uh, John Harris, Mark Vandermeer take over at the top of the hour. So we'll get to Lovey and headlines, the Texans yesterday, the NFL playoff picture. We've not looked at that yet. And there is a national championship game tonight in college football. The Texan fans should be very, very, very interested in, and we will tell you why next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Monday on Sports Radio 610. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, there is a national championship game tonight in college football. Big spread on this game. Spreads 12.5-13. Georgia favored over TCU. I think it's going to be a closer game than that. Um, Seth, I like to use John Harris's website, footballtakeover.com and the Harris 100 when it comes to... Um, when it comes to looking at games like this one through a Texans lens, there are going to be a lot of players on the field tonight that are that should be um, that should be of interest to Texan fans. Yeah. To me, the biggest one, primarily, really, there's two, and for different reasons. Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, who's widely viewed as the best defensive lineman in football or best interior defensive lineman in football this year. I think should be of interest because, one, he may get drafted with that number two overall pick, and or two, that's a player that the Bears could really look at at number one. And if you want the quarterbacks to – both quarterbacks to get pushed down to the Texans at two, hope that Jalen Carter is somebody the Bears fall in love with. The other one is Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU, who I know a lot of people listening have seen him play because if you watch the semifinals against Michigan, he was incredible in that game. Yeah, Big – Huge, strong, wide receiver with 4-4 speed. The Texans have the 12th pick in the draft. I'm skeptical that he'll still be there at 12, but especially if they draft a quarterback with that second overall pick, I think it's imperative that they start to get whoever the quarterback is some real weapons. I not, think that, Not Nico yeah. Collins, not a, dis, yeah. not a disengaged Brandon Cooks. 
Yep. Quentin Johnston at twelve is my that is my uh, that is my desire right there. If I if I start looking, you know, it, it, to potential scenarios of what I might you know what type of players I would like or how to go about it, the prospect of trading back um, at this point it, it's. It doesn't even have as much to do with the quarterbacks as much as just the excitement over taking multiple swings at the plate. Yeah. If if the Bears do – okay, so this is a couple of ifs. If the Bears do not trade out of the number one overall spot overall and if they don't take a quarterback, then it gets really interesting. Because let's say hypothetically Sean Payton came in and Sean Payton – would have a full-year honeymoon for sure where I don't think fans or Casera or anybody else is going to be rattled if he doesn't take a quarterback. I think maybe they bring in a veteran bridge quarterback or something, especially. And then if it's, I don't know, Tom Brady or Derek Carr, whatever. But you got Sean Payton as your quarterback or Jim Harbaugh as your quarterback. Then the thought of trading back from number two to get a Quentin Johnson um, plus an extra pick. That starts to feel really, really good. Yep, it does. If, as long as you haven't traded away any of your picks already for um, – for, you might for have to coach. trade back to – Yeah, because you traded picks to get Sean Payton. Um, the Georgia's got more of these guys than TCU does. And, and I would I would point you guys, John Harris, footballtakeover.com, has just a phenomenal preview of this game uh, through the, the lens of, a, um, of somebody that's interested in the NFL draft. TCU's got a lot of guys. Quentin Johnson is by far their best guy. Every other guy that Johnny's got listed on here, including quarterback Max Duggan, who yeah. he's got listed as a third or fourth round guy, that's an interesting one. I don't think that's a quarterback that gets Texan fans super stoked about 2023, but he's an interesting quarterback. Georgia's just like maybe not to the extent of last year where they had five guys picked in the first round. Yeah, They've got players, though. They've got Jalen Carter. Quarterback Kaylee Ringo is also viewed as a first-round pick. They've got some guys on this defense. Nolan Smith is injured. He's going to miss the game, um, but it's a name to remember from Georgia. He's also he's an edge rusher. He's viewed as yeah. a as a first round pick. So there's going to be a lot of guys on the field. And the big one I would also say, if you're looking at 2024 for Georgia, that Johnny doesn't list on here because he's only got the guys for this year's draft. Brock Bowers might be the best tight end in all of college football. He's amazing, but he's only a sophomore. The thing about Quentin Johnston that people might get super amped about tonight is like what a freak he is after the catch. Yeah. He's just he's a monster. He had uh he's got 41 missed tackles on 97 career receptions. Wow. So he's typically just like which is it just so it, it, maybe that doesn't sound like anything. That's a lot for a receiver. Yes. That's that is really cuz receivers usually aren't in a great position to break tackles, you know, they're getting tackled as they catch the ball or what have you. He's he's 6'4", he's 215, but he he's like um I think maybe kind of like Randy Moss. You know Randy Moss was tall and skinny but freakishly strong. Yeah. He's like those skinny guys that walk into a gym and uh, embarrass all the roid heads because he just sits, you know, he, he goes over and deadlifts 700 pounds as a tall, skinny guy. He's... That's Quentin Johnson. So tonight versus this this Georgia defense, yeah. if he reels off a few run after, people are going to get, people are going to get, they're going to be drooling over Quentin Johnson. He, he, could, he could turn himself into a legend tonight, even if, the, if TCU doesn't win the game. Then that's the unfortunate part. He could do so well tonight that fan bases that are picking before 12th are going to be clamoring for, for him. If he's there at 12 and the Texans don't jump on him, then, you know, I, I don't know what to say. But it should yeah. be fun because Georgia's got an elite cornerback in Kaylee Ringo, so maybe those two get matched up against each other at certain points. That's a fun one-on-one matchup in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's um, – we got a lot of headlines we got to get to. We'll hand things over to John Harris and Mark Vandermeer at the top of the hour. But, yeah, footballtakeover.com. Johnny's preview is just dynamite on this game if you're looking for a preview of tonight's college football national championship game. Let's get to some headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. We understand the totality of the season on what's going on. Uh, do I expect to be back? Yeah, I expect to be back. Uh, you know, absolutely. No need for hypotheticals. I can't get into those. Do I expect to? Yes. Today, we won. All right, that was Lovey Smith yesterday following the game saying he expected to be back next year as the Texans head coach. Well, the Texans nipped that in the bud. <laughs> um, last night, according to a statement from CEO and chairman Cal McNair, 
Uh, he says this, Nick Casario and I spoke with Lovey Smith tonight and informed him that we will be moving in a different direction as an organization. He goes on to say, I appreciate Coach Smith and the contributions that he's made. These are, by and large, very, very nice things that he's saying about Lovey Smith. It's all nice things he's saying about Lovey Smith because Lovey the person, I know they, they, they really, really like over there. He finishes by saying, I will work alongside Nick Casario throughout this process, process of finding a new coach. And I'm confident we will find the right leader for our football team. So for those who have the question, okay, how is this search going to work compared to searches in the past? It's very, very clear here this will be a Nick Casario, Cal McNair-led search. My guess is that Nick's opinion is going to be ultimately, you know, at least from a football perspective, one that's going to that's going to override a lot here. But Cal McNair, is the he's the owner of the team. They'll obviously have final say over what happens, but the two of them will be working in tandem. It doesn't sound like they're using a search firm for this. This is your conventional, got to go find a coach. And thankfully, Seth, I would say that this looks like a more conventional rebuild than the last two times that the Texans have gone after a head coach. Yeah, I think the biggest and most notable difference is that Deshaun Watson is not asking or demanding a trade as he was when David Culley was hired. And he is not demanding a trade plus facing 24 allegations of sexual misconduct uh, as he was when Lovey Smith was hired. So the fact that Deshaun Watson is gone, the fact that Jack Easterby is gone, it, uh, whether he was as big a deal as people have made out or not, the perception was um, that that was a guy that, that coaches – were leery of and needed to wanted answers about. So um, it's a it's a more of a clean slate right now. And because Deshaun Watson was traded, they just have boatloads and boatloads of draft capital. The Texans also have cap space. They are in for 2024 next season. The Texans have the second most cap space in the league. So the deck has been cleared for the Texans to go ahead and add a whole bunch of young talent and be aggressive in free agency. And that's the pitch I think they're going to give to whichever head coach uh, they're talking to. So it's a, it's a, there, it feels like we've got some gunpowder this time, whereas before it felt like we were you know, throwing rocks at pigeons trying to get a coach to come here. Your thoughts on Lovey Smith. Did Lovey Smith deserve to be fired? Uh, from this job? That's been the big question among the many questions people I think have on the he, text. I think page. he deserved to be fired as much for his work as defensive coordinator and his mishandling of Derek Stingley as anything else. Which, by the way, as he's acting as the defensive coordinator while also trying to be a head coach well, the offensive coordinator is doing God knows what from week to week. Trying to beat good teams with trickery and multiple formations and just uh i guess trying to trying to hypnotize the other team with illegal formation penalties uh it was just yeah it wasn't it was not a a well-functioning team the talent wasn't going to allow them to be a good team no matter what but lovey smith was a desperation ad hoc hire uh, at the end of the hiring cycle last year i don't think anybody including probably lovey smith himself expected it to go very long and this is ultimately what was destined to happen almost the day they, they hired him. But I, I think everybody was open to, hey, maybe it works out and things are really good. There are also reports uh, out of Aaron Wilson specifically that there was um, – that Lovey was just kind of obstinately old school and wasn't accepting advice or taking advice from others in the organization. So however much of that, you know, is just either sour grapes or disgruntlement, who knows? It just it, it, it wasn't a good fit. Yeah, I'm fine with them firing Lovey Smith. I think the, the, the run defense this year and the offense, especially through the middle of the season, when they were just doing things, they were Pop Warner-level offense. Like They had games where they were literally below 40 yards of offense three times in a month. Like, that's just unacceptable and it's not as though they fixed it at the end of the year where they were a more competitive team like aha now the offense is really humming they got a bunch of turnovers in games you know they they started getting some better turnover luck down the stretch it's not something you can count on moving forward get busy living or get busy dying find whoever the next head coach is find your quarterback and let's get it going here 
Yeah. Our listener, uh, Michael Beckman, says Nick Casario was given a pass by many on criticism of his first two head coaching picks uh, because of various excuses like no one else wanted to come here. But there can be no excuses this time. He must get this right. Agreed. Or bye-bye, Nick. Yeah, I think so. Agreed. I mean, this will be – I mean, it, he's got a six-year contract. There's four years left. If he hires the next coach and it's, it's a failure, we'll know within two or three years. Then that'll it'll be time for a regime change. If I had to guess, there were probably serious conversations – before Nick took the job, as he assessed it, forget about Easterby and what the in the building, the environment was like and stuff, just purely on paper, I'm guessing Nick looked at this and said, look, you're going to have to be patient here. There's, I, look, there's a yeah. lot of bad stuff going on. That was, I, that was before Deshaun asked for a trade. I think that I suspect that David Culley was always intended to be a relatively short-term solution and that maybe the Texans thought could be a two-year guy as they rolled through it. But as happens in life... When you try to intentionally set your bar low, you run the risk of undershooting that bar. Almost to an almost like like clockwork because it's not something we're accustomed to doing is like intentionally setting a bar low. It's hard to nail that spot and that's what they did. They they screwed up what was supposed to be uh, like an intentionally botched tire anyway. It was the 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 Cully scenario was a bad deal, but it wasn't it wasn't intended to be a long-term a solution, in my opinion. Yep. So the Texans are on their third head coaching search in three Januaries now. And um, obviously, we'll keep you covered, not only on the firing of Lovey Smith today, but obviously the coaching search as things roll on here in the offseason. The other thing that has Texan fans talking was Fourth this. and 20 at the Colts 28. Mills all alone in the backfield. Here's the snap. Davis looking. He scrambles out to the right. Got to get rid of it. Throws it to the end zone and caught it, Jordan Akins. My goodness, on fourth and 20, Akins with the catch. We want to leave the season with a, with a good taste in our mouths. And to do it that way, where you got to scratch and claw. We've lost a few games right at the end, overtime and all of that. So it was good to see the guys kind of finish this. All right, that was Lovey Smith following yesterday's game. The touchdown you heard was a 4th and 20, basically a Hail Mary, that went through a defender's hands into the waiting arms of Jordan Akins. The Texans would then go for two for the win, and Jordan Akins caught that pass as well. And the Texans beat the Indianapolis Colts 32-31. to It wasn't the win over the Colts that had people talking, though. It was the fact that that win dropped the Texans from number one overall in the draft to number two overall in the draft. And I would say this, that I, I'm not that super worked up over one versus two. I would have rather had the number one overall pick because you can control your you control the board at that point. That would have been cool. Um, the number two overall pick does lend itself to some pretty juicy storylines with the Bears having the number one pick. I think the biggest thing, Seth, about yesterday was the you can't even Hollywood wouldn't believe the way that game went down yesterday as far as snake bittenness for Texan fans. Like it wasn't just that they beat the Colts. It was that they converted two Fourth and double digit, gotta have it downs on the final drive. There isn't a team in the league all year that's converted two fourth and tens or longer in a game. The worst offensive team in football completed two of them on the final drive to win a game that actually detrimentally affected their draft capital. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, and, and, the, I mean, Davis, I, I see a lot of people saying, like, well, didn't Davis Mills realize, uh, like, he could have been a hero. For one, I don't think that he would have remembered, been remembered as such. I think it, he just would have been another footnote in your mind. But he did, for all intents and purposes, he threw an interception on that final Hail Mary. That went right through the hands of a defensive back who was reminded why he's a defensive back and not a receiver right in that moment. That was an interception. That would have been his third interception of the game, which he excused a little bit on a Hail Mary. It's a desperation heave. Um, instead, it ends up being his third touchdown of the game. In a game in which he threw a couple of really bad interceptions yeah. already. It was Davis Mills tried like hell, despite his three touchdowns, to have a horrible game for you. And he almost delivered on it. It's just that the, the Colts... I don't think people realized how bad the Colts were. Like, it it sucked at the end emotionally because it came right down to the brink. The Texans were vastly underperforming in that game by not soundly beating, which, I mean, they were soundly beating the Colts at one point. Um, Davis tried to give it away. He tried his best. 
but ultimately he couldn't, and he failed by succeeding. Dude, this, I mean, for a lot of Texan fans, this is the beginning of the Bryce Young saga. And unfortunately for a lot of Texan fans, they're not in position to control getting him. I don't even know if Nick would want to draft Bryce Young, but it's a fun talking point. But there's... There's not a lot. If Bryce Young goes with the number one overall pick to somebody other than the Texans, you're going to have an entire city of Texan fans rooting for Bryce Young to like, develop a cocaine habit or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, or get injured or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost yeah. – um, I, I, I give everybody a pass on that. Yeah. I know a lot of people will tell you you should never root for an injury. Yeah, whatever. That's uh, <laughs> lots of things you shouldn't do. Yeah, what are you going to do? And on that note <laughs> – I've re- done seven this morning already. <laughs> reaction Monday. A Reaction Monday is in the books. Seth, antibodies to you. I'll see you at 6 a.m. tomorrow, my friend. Antibodies and uh, all the misbehaviors to you on a Monday. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. To- Get it started. John Harris. Yeah, 2023, baby. John Harris, Mark Vandermeer. They're up next. We will see you all tomorrow at 6 a.m. Keep it tuned here all day long for Lovey Smith Watch and Head Coaching Watch with the Texans. Have a great day, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.